Hey friends, Brad and I started Batship because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you. Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll touch on several illnesses, Batshit is focused on those along the spectrum of bipolar disorders. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. And we're both bipolar! So strap in, and let's see how batshit we really are. Spoiler alert, pretty damn batshit. This episode's topic, depression. That's not sadness. I want to start off the bat. Depression (coughs) is not sadness. Sadness is... I don't know. Uh, what's sad? Um, it's sad. I, I heard a story about a kitten dying. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Or, or there was a song on the radio that reminded me of an ex-girlfriend. Like, that's yeah, sadness. That's sad. I mean, hell, even even for a normal person, I lost a loved one. Yeah, yeah. Being at a funeral. That's fucking sad, bro. Yeah. It's that's sad. deep, deep, strong, powerful sadness. Not yeah, depression. That's not depression. That's not what depression is. Um, every time Mandy asked me to describe my depression... I struggle with it, and the only reoccurring um, analogy I can come up with is it's a fog. It's just I mm-hmm. am in a fog that I cannot see any way out of. There is no up. There is no down. There is just malaise as far as the eye can see. It's apathy. Yeah. Apathy is a far better word for depression than sadness could ever be. Yeah. Yeah, apathy. Apathy is definitely – there's a, a term I came across – that I feel whenever I go into a depressed state, anhedonic. I do not know that word. So what an- anhedonia is, is there is nothing that you can think of that will bring you joy. Yep. Like, have you ever had a moment where you're like, I got a lot of free time, but I don't want to watch a movie. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to play a video game. Don't want to watch a TV show. I don't want to leave the house. I want to have nothing. sex. I don't want to talk to anyone. I nothing just sounds get- enjoyable. Yep. You know, that's anhedonia. Yeah. When when I first started talking with my therapist and with my psychiatrist, they're like, tell me about the last time you experienced joy. And I still don't have a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like shit for saying that because I recently, like, got married. Or, you know, I, I recently, you know, well, let's got be a, honest. I was at your wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was mediocre at best. <laughs> um, you know, I just got a promotion. You know, all these things. I'm like, there's, yeah. no, there's no joy. There's no joy. I, there. I, I don't feel joy. Like that. And, and and that does not mean I can't see these things that I'm going through as positive or good. I definitely see the marriage to my wife as good. You know yeah. what I mean? The fact that I got a promotion is good. But in terms of joy or that feeling of elation, mm-hmm. you know, or ecstasy, I, I, I struggle with that. Yeah. I will always struggle with that. <laughs> the only time I can accurately identify experiencing joy is when I'm in a state of mania. Yeah. Yeah, And that's so problematic. And that's so problematic. Because I'll say this, man. If you think you are depressed, I want you to think back on the last time you felt good. You felt joy. Mm -hmm. And if you can quickly and easily identify that, 
I, you know, I'm not going to speak for you. I'm just going to say maybe you really need to take a second look at what you think depression is. Yeah. Yeah. And <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. I'm just eating some live shrimp here. <laughs> I, uh, I don't recommend it. When, whenever Brad comes over to my uh, my house to record the podcast, I make sure to feed him live sea creatures. Like otherwise, it's not going to be a good recording. I just pluck him straight out of the tank. <laughs> um, so, for those of you at home who uh, might might be new to this, or just put it on the background and don't actually pay attention to us jackasses, um, mom. So, <laughs> uh, so both Adam and I are bipolar two. Um, which comes with mania and depression. Now, the way it's presented for both of us, we both suffer from both. My mania has been debilitating at times and, and wrecked many portions of my life. The mania has by far been my bigger problem. For Adam, it's the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, it's funny because <clears throat> I've never been envious, Brad, of when you described your manic episodes. I've never been like, man, I wish me. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm I, part of me has been so curious about it mm-hmm. because I want to relate. Yeah. But I don't have those manic bursts like you've had. Mm-hmm. Like, Brad, you've talked about like working out for extensive amounts of time or not sleeping for days on end. Yeah. You know, the thought of staying up longer than. 16 hours <laughs> is exhausting to me. And I don't have two kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. It's, you know, it, yeah. De- Do you want to? No, <laughs> well, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, de- <laughs> depression for me has been such a, a tough hill to climb because depression is so easily shrugged off as not trying hard enough or wallowing in your own crapulence and because people think of it as sadness or weakness yeah yeah they think that you're sitting around just being like oh what was me yeah no i'm 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 sad that i didn't get that promotion at work yeah no this chick won't return my call or they found those bodies i put in the backyard (laughs) right no 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 and i meant for them to find those bodies brad (laughs) otherwise why i I labeled them (laughs) that's why you sent the clues to the newspaper (laughs) uh by the way read brad's new screenplay coming out this (laughs) book No, it's it, <laughs> the, the screenplay title is not a confession. Not a confession. <laughs> the Adam's on the story. Um, <laughs> I, I have accomplished a lot in my life in that I grew up in Providence. I have performed in 48 states, three other countries. I've worked in every industry from being a mechanic, a martial arts instructor. I'm currently a producer for the Oscars, the Emmys, the I've done a lot. And every bit of it has been hard. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a- any of us trying to accomplish anything is hard. But I've never backed down from any of those challenges. Like there are people who do not want to be challenged. I don't know if you've met these people in oh, your yeah. life, but there are definitely those people who are like if I'm not good at this, Nope. And they back up. Yeah. Right? I have never been that person. I will always accept a new challenge. I will always. So I know for a fact that I am not a coward. I know for a fact that I'm not lazy. Mm -hmm. But you sit there and you don't want to get out of bed for two weeks. And you can't help but feel that way about yourself. Yeah. You, You can't help but say you are a coward. You are lazy. You are... That was something I look back on after I got diagnosed when I worked office jobs. 
Mm. The amount of sick days I would take just because the idea of going into the office was so crippling to me. I mean, you and I worked together at Disney. Yep. How many times would I call in and be like, I'm working from home today, guys? Yep. Yeah. You know? Because um, just the idea of being around other people was so crippling during those phases. Um, it's such a strange state. Like, like you said, everybody looks at it as sadness. And that's not what it is. It's so much deeper. You feel hollow. You feel worthless. You feel unlovable. You yeah. feel like nothing is ever going to change. There's no reason to put any effort into anything. And in fact, even trying to put effort, I always equate it to like wading through wet concrete. Yep. You know, it's like just to get up and walk across the fucking room to answer the phone. <clears throat> feels like you're wading through wet concrete. I, I would purposefully go into work on the days I felt the worst. Mm -hmm. Because if I did not, I was scared of being alone at home. Right. Like, I I have found solace in routine. Uh, you know, we work in a hybrid, hybrid world now. People work in the office, they work at home, you know what I mean? I routinely go into the office as much as I can. And people look at me like, why? You can work from your laptop at home. And I go, because that structure... And that routine and me forcing myself to shower and put on clothes yeah. that aren't sweatpants and drive the 30 minutes <coughs> and sit in fluorescent lighting keeps me from sinking into such a state that I will never come out of it. God, that's a biggie. Like, you know, I, I work from home and I will sometimes, I'll admit it. I'll go a couple of days without showering. Oh, no. We all know. Well, I know because I'm sitting there with you. But, yeah. um, but uh, that's like – it makes such a difference. I notice if, I, if I'm feeling like depression is coming on, there's two things that make a huge difference. One is a shower. The other is just putting on my shoes. Even sure. if I'm going to be at home all day, it's like – and even if I'm just in sweats – it's like, I'm going to put on my shoes to work. And there's just something mental yeah. that clicks like, oh, your shoes are on. You're ready to do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. I'm wearing sweatpants now. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing sweatpants now. I will say this. Before Brad came over to do this podcast, I was this close to being like, Brad, we shouldn't do the podcast. We need mm -hmm. to not do the podcast. I jumped in the shower. I took a shower. I played with my new puppy. I I still put my sweatpants back on because I'm, I'm a lazy man. I'm not just depressed. I'm also <laughs> lazy. But... There was something to be said about having those uh, steps you can take to pull yourself out yeah. of a depressive state. Because, I, again, we, we talked about that. Like, we know what triggers our depression. We know what yeah. triggers our mania. Yeah. And finding any way that you can avoid that, I mm -hmm. think, is paramount. Yeah. Like, for instance, Adam's wearing sweatpants right now. I'm wearing no pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that then uh, Brad is fucking manic, guys. Yeah. Like, right now, he is at, like, a 15. Let me tell you. <laughs> Stop Painting the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's. I think one of the reasons it gets mistaken for sadness is that when you go into a depressed state, you tend to fixate on on negative shit. Yeah. So if you have someone in your life that died, yeah, you'll fixate on that. If you have someone that was a good friend that won't talk to you anymore, or you know, a, a, a girl that you dated who you know it ended badly. You fixate on that stuff, but you fixate on that stuff because all you can see when you are depressed is the negative in the world. Right. You don't see any positive. There's no chance for joy, you know, and even something like having sex when you're depressed, if you can do it, 
it's not even about the the joy of the sex. It just becomes about like the comfort of another human being, right? You know, and, right? And completely changes um, what you're experiencing. And, and and even then, it like especially when you're talking about something like sex, it's like there's supposed to be this connection, right? Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be this person on the other side of the table who's like getting joy out of this, but you're not getting joy out of this. Yeah. So they may be getting comfort. For comfort, like, but not yeah. joy. So how could you be giving them joy right. if you're not receiving joy? And then you start getting in your head about the idea of having sex when you're not giving someone the yeah. pleasure that the, they're seeking. Yeah. And so so what are we doing here? And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. sex becomes moot. Yeah. It, it, it's incredibly problematic how much of a fucking circle depression is. Yeah. When you when you go into a depressed state, you start doing things that perpetuate the depressed state. Yeah. I used to do this thing, and I don't know why the fuck I never saw this as depression when I would do it, but I would, on a hot summer day, crank up the air conditioner, close the, the um, blackout curtains, and turn on thunderstorm sounds to work. Really? Yeah, and I would I would write like that. Huh. You know, I would sit down. And I like, mean, you that do was the, write horror. I guess part of me could understand that. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's like, you, you know, that's something um, I have specifically since I I got diagnosed uh, have decided that I do not want to write anything in that genre anymore. Good for you, man. Because I feel like it perpetuates that state. Good for, for you, buddy. So I'm focusing more on like comedy yeah. and, and you know things things of that nature. Dark comedy. <laughs> you know, I, I laugh because um, I've done comedy a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I write. Again, I'm not a writer like Brad, but I do write. And every screenplay or pilot I've ever written, none of them have been true comedies in the sense of like The Hangover or American Pie. Right. They're always what my friend calls... Like, hey, Adam, you're a sad clown. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not a happy clown. There's There are the clowns that have the big smiles on their face and the giant shoes. And then there's the clowns that have, you know, the crazy frowns that go all the way down to their shoulders and do, like, interpretive dance. Like, you're <laughs> that clown. I'm not saying you're not funny. It's just in a really sad way. And I'm like, <laughs> ouch, but you're correct. <laughs> what? Well, because you never get, you never get rid of that that de- depressive core in, no. in your creative endeavors. So, you know, when I write comedy, a lot of times it's dark comedy, or it's dealing with people. You know, it's it's comedy, but it's still. I wrote a uh, I wrote a screenplay last year in a weekend because I was manic as shit, um, and um, you know the main characters are a. Uh, a uh, sex worker and a widow, you know, and but it's it's a comedy, like waka it's pretty waka. funny, yeah. right? Right, but you you, I'm still dealing with like trauma, right, and stuff. Well, because you know? at the end of the day, I think we as creatives we keep burrowing down until we hit the why, right? Yeah, like why? Always ask yourself why? Why is this character doing this? Okay, why? 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 Mm-hmm. And I think that tells you a lot about who you are as someone who is writing. Or acting, or mm-hmm. telling a story in any way, shape, or form. When you get down to that why, there are times when I've talked with my wife and her reason for doing something. When I'm like, "Well, why did you do that? Why did you write that?" Why? She's like, "Cause it's funny." I've never had that. Yeah. I've, I've never had that. I'm just like, 
as someone who studied comedy and performed <laughs> as long as I have, I have never had a moment where I've delved so deep within myself. I've been like, well, the reason I'm doing this is to bring people joy. That's why I'm doing the thing. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Comedy comes from pain. Yeah. Comedy comes from sadness. And that's why it's funny when you hit somebody in the nuts. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Here's a pie. <laughs> I th- and you know what the real sadness is that you're wasting a pie because you could be eating that pie, yeah. but instead you're throwing it in someone's yeah. face like a monster. Would it be funny if you hit somebody in the nuts with a pie? <laughs> That's nutty. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I Damn killed that Brad. shrimp. I, killed Brad. I think you know. I, I think I am so reticent to talk about my depression because even now, and I've mentioned this before. Comedy is a deflection, right? It's a coping mechanism. It's a way of dealing with this sadness that you cannot verbalize. You, you, this, again, sadness, wrong word. Damn it. This, <clears throat> this haze, this apathy that you cannot verbalize. Yeah. And it's scary to talk about because when you talk about something, when you start discussing something, at least where I'm at, I'm like, I'm looking for an answer. Yeah. And there's no answer. Yeah. So if there's no answer, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I acting this way? Oh, there's not a reason for me to be acting this way? Then you shouldn't be acting this way. Then how should I be acting? Well, this way. Well, I can't act this way. And it just becomes a secular problem. You start beating yourself up more. And yeah. And and and, and it goes back to, I mean, we talked about this. Um, well, you mentioned the statistic at the top of the show, right? About depression. Mm-hmm. How... How many uh, suicides are men? So uh, the – who is it? It was the, the National Mental Health Association reports that up to 70% of suicide victims have suffered from a form of depression. And men commit almost 75% of suicides. And that's, and that's staggering and awful. And I can completely get it. Yeah. I can completely get it. Because we're not allowed, as men, we've talked about this before, the only acceptable emotion for men in American society is anger. Is anger. Which is why a lot of times men who are depressed present as pissed off assholes Mm -hmm. constantly. You know, they're putting their fists through walls. They're doing these things. Because we're taught that's the only way that we're allowed to express our emotions. And then we are judged and Mm -hmm. and, and, um, um, criticized and ostracized for responding that way. Yeah. Which only and causes so, us to get angrier. Right. So we tend to internalize all this. Yep. And I think that anger is probably part of what leads to suicide because you start getting angry at yourself. I know I do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, there is no one – and there are a lot of people who hate me. There is no one who hates me as much as I hate myself when I'm in that state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think it's – I, I think that's, at the end of the day, the root of it, right? Mm-hmm. The root of it is self-hate. Yeah. The root of, like, most mental illness. And maybe that's a better way to describe depression than sadness, is self-hate. Sure. Yeah. Sure, right? Because no matter what I do, no matter what I try, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Because of who and what I am. Yeah, that your mere existence necessitates this suffering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of people in the creative field have some form of depression because what they're looking for constantly is validation, Yeah, right? They're looking like, look, man, I feel like this. 
all the time. And you need somebody to say, tell me I'm not like this. Yes, yeah, you're, you're kind. You're wonderful. You're talented. You're handsome. You're right. sexy. I want you. I, I, I want to be around you. Right. You're fun. Like whatever it is, you need that validation. Right. And the when minute, you're depressed. and the minute you don't get it, the oh, minute, it gets worse. It's worse. It's worse. Yeah. And then you have a, a partner, right? And if your partner for any reason has an off day, now they don't love you anymore, and right. this whole thing has been a waste of time, and I'm wasting right. your time, you're wasting my time, let's end it. And then people pick up on that, too. Yeah. That you're like, they feel like you're manipulating them into constantly giving them compliment, giving you compliments or something, you know? And right. it's, it's like, no, like, you don't understand, there's this, there's this pit, and I'm just trying to chuck good shit into it yeah. to fill the pit, but the pit goes so goddamn deep. Right. And I just need so much. And so you start putting it on the people around you and you need comfort from the right. people around you and you put more and more on it. And then finally they're like, I can't take this shit anymore. Right. And they're out of there. And then you meet new people and all they see is a desperate human being looking mm-hmm. for something that they can't possibly give. So they walk away. Yeah. And they don't even engage because if they were to engage, they'd be sucked down into the quagmire that you've created for yourself. Yeah. And, and then you start realizing all this about yourself, and you're like, God, what a piece of shit I am. Yep. Maybe I don't deserve to have friends. Yeah. Maybe I don't deserve to have loved ones. Maybe I should just sit in this room by myself. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, as we said, a lot of people who suffer from depression, and this is especially true with bipolar, end up committing suicide. Yeah. 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 I, I, That's, I, I told my, my wife, I was like, look, I've never had a suicidal thought. Like for me, I've, I've never thought about actually committing suicide. I have fantasized about like my funeral and shit. Like I do have those types of depressive thoughts, you know. Um, but uh, but I told her, I was like, look, if I ever hang myself, I don't want anybody to know I committed suicide. So just do me a favor and put my dick in my hand. <laughs> and so then, you know, at least at my funeral, everybody can go, well, he died like he lived. <laughs> Look, I, I tried to put it. It's just dick. It's so, it's so small. Like, I tried to put it in the sand and be like. <laughs> Look, it was cold, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was real cold it when was you a died winter's day. In Los Angeles. Enjoying Batshit? Please like, subscribe, and share it on social media. If you have someone you think may need to hear it, we encourage you to share it with them and to start your own conversation about mental health. You know, it's, it's funny because every time you talk to a shrink, uh, a psychiatrist, psychologist, doesn't matter. They always ask you, do you have suicidal thoughts? Yeah. They always ask you that. I don't know if I've ever had suicidal thoughts. I've definitely thought as I'm driving down the road, it would probably be easier if I just jerked the wheel to the left into oncoming traffic. I have been wondering a lot. I was in a car accident. And when I go back and I kind of chart my moods, which was before I was bipolar, before I knew I was bipolar, right, right, right. I was bipolar. And I go back and I look at what was going on. And I, I kind of, we, we've touched on this before, that you latch on to anything you can right. to explain this behavior. I thought this behavior started with the car accident. And so I thought it was like TBI, right, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. But now I look back and I'm like, no, it started a couple of days earlier. And I wonder... I've, I've been, this has been kind of keeping me up at nights. Did I do that on purpose? You know? You know, I I talked about, I think on the first or second episode, how I will just scream, fuck, or I want to go home, or or something to that extent. When we're having sex. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's right. always like, I want to go, <laughs> go home, Brad. Please let me go home. 
but we're a few scotches in but (laughs) (laughs) but i will say that because for me that is a way of taking that inner turmoil and vocalizing it and getting it out yeah and just getting it out and getting me through the next five miles on the road yeah and and again that's a good way to think about it is you just got to find a way to get you through the next five miles on the road because that's what it is man it's not i will never feel good and i hate that i hate that because we have people in our lives that want to make us feel good and we have people in our lives that'll look at us and be like you deserve to feel good and deserve to feel happy yeah and it's not i don't see how like i don't see how to feel happy Without I, being manic. Without being manic. And and you know what's awful? Now that I know I'm bipolar and I know that those are manic states, it almost makes it worse. Because I can look back and be like, oh, I wasn't happy. Oh, I was manic. You're like, yeah. Oh, I was manic. Yeah. And I, again, I do not have suicidal thoughts. I, I know that sounds odd having just said I've thought about just like, wouldn't it be easier if I did this instead of keep driving on this road? I don't. I don't sit there and be like, "I wish I was dead." I don't wish I was dead. Yeah, I've never like fantasized about like slitting my wrist. Nope, nothing like that. It, it, it's not a matter of that. What it is is, I get why people would choose that mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling like this because the pain when you're in those states, yeah, is so crippling. It's crippling, and as as it goes on, you don't see an end. No, even though isn't. you know intellectually. That this state is going to end. Maybe you'll go into a normal state. Maybe you'll go into a manic state. Or for somebody who just has depression, you know, I'll come out of this and I'll be normal. Yeah. Um, but when you're in it, it you are certain it will never end. Nope. That this is for eternity, what you're experiencing. This is just what it is. And you can't think back to a time when you weren't like this. Yeah, your brain refuses to, <laughs> to allow you to access any joyful, happy memories. Um, and it... it it's weird because, you know, we've talked about in Mania how the grandiosity just makes you incredibly selfish and self-absorbed and nobody else exists. But in a way, the depression does too. Sure. Because you don't think about the people in your life No, when you're depressed. You know, I don't think about my kids. I don't think about my wife. I don't think about my friends. You know, it's about me wallow. I don't want to say wallowing. I this, know. But me, me being consumed by this. I think that's probably a better way to phrase it. Consumed is better than wallowed, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because again, it's not, you know, we talk about this a lot. It's not a choice. Right. As much as people on the outside might think it's a choice, you know, put on some happy music, Adam, open the curtains, get some sunshine in here. It is not a choice. Those things, even if you did them, wouldn't help. And in fact, might even make it worse. You know, one of the weirdest things for me, Mm. the most depressing days in the world to me are the ones we've been having here recently where it's nice and sunny and a little cold. <laughs> and I don't know why. I have why. to wear a light jacket. I don't know why, but that depresses the shit out of me. That's funny. Really? You know? Yeah. I have no idea why. Huh. Those are the days where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay inside. Huh. Um, uh, yeah. I look back on my life and I look at my friends and I have a friend who I love. I love this man. Uh, he's one of my, probably my oldest friend. Um, he graduated high school. He went to a local college. He married his high school sweetheart. And he is a general manager slash district manager at a local retail chain. Okay? And is he happy? I don't know if I'd say that. But he's always been like, cool. Yeah. 
Cool. Good. Cool. There's problems in my life. Sure there are. But I'm good. I look at all the choices I've made in my life, whether it was double majoring in college to moving to Cincinnati, then moving to Omaha, then moving to Los Angeles, living in New York City, and then trying this job and that job and this job, like trying to look for something that pulls me out of how I feel inadequate, right? Because yeah. that's what it is. It's just this feeling of like you're not doing enough. You're not doing anything. You're, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Yeah. And I look back on my friends who are comfortable with what, where they're at. I don't mean that like they're resigned to where they're at or they settled for anything. That's not what I mean. I mean they're like, I've achieved this. Nice. Good for me. Yeah. I've never felt that way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what success I have. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the promotion at work, the wedding, the any of it, the financial windfall, you know, the acting gig I get, the the script I finish, doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no feeling of accomplishment. And then you go into these states and you need validation for those things. Right. So it's like, you know, you reach out to somebody and you're like, tell me this was awesome. And they're you like, know? and they're like, well, fuck you. Of course it yeah. was. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, great. You moved across the country and, you know, you have a house in Los Angeles and yeah, good for you. I'm like, no, no, no. Come on, man. Like, really? Like, yeah. tell me. Yeah. And, and it seems like ego boosting. Right, it does, right? That it's like, man, this cocky, narcissistic motherfucker yeah. just needs me to sit around and tell him how wonderful he is. Yeah. And it's like, no, I feel so fucking horrible about myself. I need to know I'm not worthless. Yep. There's a line from Creed that, you know, my, my kids got into the Rocky movies. Oh, recently. cool. Yeah, which was great. And we sat down and watched all the Rocky movies. And <laughs> Rocky four? Rocky three is their favorite. All right, okay, good. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, Paul. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I'd never seen the Creed movies. Okay. And so we, we took it through the Creed movies. And there's a line in the first Creed. Uh, he's in the ring. He's in his match at the end. And he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Rocky's, you know, wanting to throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and Creed doesn't want to doesn't want to throw in the towel. He wants to go the distance. And, and Rocky's like, why? Why? And he looks at him and he goes, I just want to know I wasn't a mistake. Mm. And we're sitting there watching that with my kids. And that's supposed to be like, that's the uplifting moment. Like, we're like the Rocky music kicks in. And I start crying. Yeah. You know, because that's how I feel. I just want to know I wasn't a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. God. For more heavy shit, yeah. <laughs> please tune in to. Well, no, here's the thing. If these bitches, nothing personal. If you click. <laughs> If you clicked on a podcast title that was like depression and you thought this was going to be all laughs and, and guffaws, then, you know, yeah. man, that's on you, bro. <laughs> like, I think we had some pretty funny, we've had some pretty funny episodes. This wasn't necessarily one of them. Um, it, and it's because I'm trying to honestly be real about it. Yeah. I think it's very easy for me, for anyone who has experienced it for long enough who has survived it for long enough mm -hmm. to deflect and not really delve into how they're feeling or what yeah. it means to them. It's a lot easier to be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling good today. Like I I'm trying to be as real as possible right now. And that's hard. Yeah. And like we've talked about before too, it becomes even harder because people use terms for mental illness as bywords for other things. When someone's sad, you say they're depressed. Mm -hmm. 
but they're not. Like that is a different thing. And and and, and you, so it cheapens. Right. And and you start using those words. Yeah. I still use those words. Right. And then it makes you feel like you kind of internalize that meaning. Right. And you're like, oh, I should just be able to pull myself yeah, out just of Stop this. being sad. And Yeah. It's <coughs> You know, another thing that um that made me all weepy. I'm confessing all this to you guys <laughs> about when I got weepy. No deflection um, there. Keep going, Brad. Yeah. So uh, last night, and I wasn't like depressed or anything. My kids were watching Wakanda forever. No, they they go to bed, and I started thinking. I was like, "Oh man, I love that uh, cover of uh, No Woman No Cry that's in the trailer." Yeah, yeah. So they're upstairs. They're in bed. Shannon's uh, upstairs working, and uh, and I just put on that that song, No Woman No Cry. And it gets to the the part where it goes, you know, just over and over again. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Jesus Christ. And that actually, like, like I started, like, I, I like, teared up. Yeah. Like, just, just somebody telling, like, it was just, you know, on the echo, just music. They're not talking to me. But just, like, hearing, like, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. You know, like, it got to me. Um, that's, uh, and that's, isn't it how, isn't it sad how much we need that. Yeah. We need that affirmation. And I think that's the thing, like when we talk about seeking validation and comfort from other people, if you have someone in your life that suffers from this, suffers from depression, know that that's, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for an ego boost. No, they're no, not looking there's for no ego. No, nope. they're looking for someone to hug them and say, Hey, Everything's going to be all right. And, and that's going to be hard for you to recognize. I'm going to tell you right now because you're going to be looking at people who may be extremely accomplished. Because if there's, yeah. if, because they're people who have fought their way through the worst of it. They, they, and they continue to fight and they continue to fight. And they may be someone who, who appears strong or appears resilient or independent. You know, I feel like that's particularly manifest in people who are extremely independent, right? Like the people yeah. who are like, I will do this on my own. Give me the backpack. You know, I will push the boulder up the hill. I will do this. Which is us. Which is us. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and we are not looking for anyone to say like, oh my God, Brad, you're so amazing. You've, you've changed the world with your writing. Great work. That's not yeah. what we want. We don't want that. We just want. Someone to say we're worth. We're just worth being here. Worth being here. Yeah, yeah. that's really what it boils down to. I mean, as sad as that sounds, as I know, I know, yeah. right? Like, but that's what it boils down to. Is like you are worth being here. Yeah, you, you you are worth someone caring about you. Yeah, you know, and that's really all it boils down to. You know, um, I had a uh, I had a very very important friendship in because of this because the person saw this part of me and thought that I was just constantly looking for an ego boost. Sure. And so I just seem like, I seem like a manipulative asshole. With it, that, you know? I, I will say, um, yeah, I will say the, the reason I have dogs and love dogs is because dogs love unconditionally. And because the court won't allow you to have children. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you were the court, you wouldn't either. <laughs> um, you know, whenever I go into the living room right More now, scotch. please, yeah. Uh, whenever I go into the living room to see my dog Beans, Beans is excited to see me. Mm-hmm. Beans is ecstatic. He looks at me and he goes, "Oh my God! Thank God you're here. Yeah, you being here is amazing. Everything you do is great. 
If I were to do something that I'm not supposed to or that upsets you, I'm so sorry because I want you to feel good. Yeah. And, like, that's an emotional support animal, guys. Like, yeah. that's why people have dogs. And, and that's why you fuckers who bring <laughs> your little Pomeranian on an airplane <laughs> I mean, and pretend that they're an emotional support animal. I was thinking more like peacocks <laughs> and, like, things like that. <laughs> but, yeah. But, no, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about the fact that, like, I need that dog. Yeah. I need that dog. Yeah. Because that dog makes me feel like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. That if nothing else, like, you're here for that dog. Yep. Yep. Because if if Mandy left me tomorrow, it would suck. But she'd be okay. She'd figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that dog just ran away... I mean, it's very, I have very cute dogs. I'm sure they would, and very smart <laughs> dogs. They'd probably end up locking me out of the house, and then I'd have to leave. But long story short, it's like there is a dependency there that I think makes me feel validated. Yeah. You know, my kids, um, not, not to equate kids to dogs. No, nope. no, not at all. Um, but, you shouldn't have uh, named your kids Rover and Fido, though. Yeah. That's not. Well, real. you know, they look like a Rover. And they Fido. do. They do. <coughs> Scruffy. They, they won't play fetch, though. <laughs> They do shit on the rug. Yeah, uh, they do. But uh, <coughs> damn the shrimp. <coughs> um, so uh, anyway, you know, like that's one of the things that kind of, when I'm at my worst, keeps me going. Sure, is the fact that there's these two little human beings who rely on me, you know, and that they, they absolutely, you know, they love me, and you know that was something I never got as a kid. Like mm. you know, I was. Again, I'm not going to go into my whole sad thing here, but I was neglected and beaten and yada, 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 all that fun shit. Um, and, you know, so like kind of being on the other side of that now and, and having like loving my kids that way and showing them that love and having and getting it in return. You know, if I'm sitting on the couch watching something and I'm just kind of feeling down, like they'll climb up and cuddle with me, you know, and it's like that makes all the difference in the world. And it's funny because Mandy and I don't have kids. We're talking about having kids and part of me is not only concerned about passing on any bipolar you know tendencies of course yeah but it's also like am i having these kids for selfish reasons because i want a elevated version of the relationship i have with my dog and that's i'll tell you this everyone has kids for selfish reasons sure once the kid gets here that changes sure and you know and, and that's that's very fair and it's still hard for me to get out of my head because I sit there with my wife and I'm like, well, I want kids. Why do you want kids? Are these reasons the same? And how altruistic are my reasons for wanting kids? Yeah. And how much are just plain selfish? And I know you said like everyone has kids for selfish reasons, but yeah. But I don't know. It feels like the only people who have kids for selfless reasons are people who adopt. And even then, uh, there's yeah. some selfishness. There. Yeah, totally, because the tax yeah. credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tax credit. <laughs> <laughs> and you can skip all the, like, diaper change. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Can I get a 13-year-old that can just mow the oh, lawn? Oh, no, you know what? I will say this. <laughs> My buddy uh, fostered recently a teenage uh, – he's had been fostering a teenage uh, boy for two years. He's a goddamn saint. Like, who would yeah. go from zero – to hormones like that is oh, a it's leap bro like oh i'm in the God. uh i'm in the big brothers program oh really yeah and uh my my little brother is 14 
and just the shit that this kid has to deal with. Dude. And it's like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine taking taking in a teenager. No. Like you said, just going from like, you don't have any prior relationship. You have no foundation and you're just boom and, and hormones. And these kids have come from all sorts of troubled backgrounds. Oh, yeah. That like when my buddy tells me about what uh, his, his foster has gone through, I'm just like, oh, my God, man. Like zero to 150. There's no in between. There's no buildup. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. God, God bless him. So this has been the happy episode <laughs> of the Batshit Podcast. Yeah. Happy, happy, George. happy, 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 George. Like part of me, I'm not gonna lie. When Brad said like this is the depression episode, part of me pictured this like little twinkle in Brad's eyes. He like leaned forward and did like this little like cherub thing beneath his chin. Like let's see how upset we can get at him. I know that was not his intent, but um, but yeah, um. I was just sharing with Adam, and I'm, I'm gonna—I've had enough scotch that I'll embarrass myself and share it with him. <laughs> is I put together while I was in periods of mania and depression. I like I was 17 years old, wrote a bunch of poetry. Oh, there you go. This is good though. Y- y'all like this? Yeah. So this is one that I think kind of sums up the depressive state. Uh, let me scroll down to it here. It's called "Suicide Note Written on a Red Lobster Takeout Menu." God damn, this hurts. What hurts? Nothing. Everything. Breathing. Fucking breathing. Open heart surgery with a razor blade. The devil has such a beautiful smile. I told a joke today and everyone laughed. It reminded me of preschool and finger paint and clay. Did it hurt then too? Fuck, it's always hurt. Vaginal expulsion. Maybe that was the problem. The dark was warm. Heartbeats and amniotic fluid. It's cold here. The light's harsh. Two for one on Hush Puppies today. I'm out of here. If you or a loved one are considering suicide, please call or text the suicide hotline at 988 on your cell phone. Know that you're not alone and help is available.